Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host this evening. And uh, yes, welcome to this uh, 8 p.m. on a Monday. No. No, not a Monday. Sorry. No, no, Wednesday. Wednesday. That's right. Yes. I know we are regularly on a Monday, folks, but um, sorry. Yeah. School holidays and uh, work and stuff got in the way. And so hence we have bounced back a couple of days. Luckily for me, um, school holidays uh, and work do not get in the way of conflict. And so Steve is with me again. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, they don't get in the way of me. Um, I'm, I'm always free and ready and available. That sounds really bad to say that, doesn't it? Uh, no, but hey, some people might feel a bit uh, unhappy. You might make them think that it's the second Monday in the week. That That's not good. Oh, what, um, uh, oh our Mondays are bad, really. Um, yeah. See, Mondays for me, Mondays, suck. <laughs> Mondays I do a bike tour um, and I take people cycling through the gorge. So it's quite a pleasant day for me. I just get to cycle through, uh, through some nice farmland um, with uh, a bunch of people on holiday. And then I have to spray down their bikes and clean them afterwards. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's my Mondays normally uh, before I come and talk um, to you guys. So, yeah, so Mondays aren't too bad uh, in the grand um, scheme of things. Uh, evening, Dr. Sonorites, who's joined us in the live chat. So it's so good to see some people and Chris Edwards-Bailey. I uh, good to see some people have got their notifications set up on on, uh, on, um, on YouTube. So, uh, yes, hit that bell um, and, uh, and then also whatever the other notifications thing is. So you actually do get notified when we go live obviously do the same thing on uh, cornflakes channel as well because um hey you must love well maybe you do maybe you don't i don't personally i'm not really into computer games i love hearing his voice but so computer games don't do it for me steve i'm afraid that's okay you can't please everyone you know well you can try you can try um let's just um, too, old for that. <laughs> <laughs> too old for that. you're a spring chicken chicken you're you're, you're you're not old anyway um let's bounce through um some of the um uh, some of the recent news in rugby. Um, Lewis Reed Summit off to NFL, apparently. Um, good luck, mate. Uh, 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 because let's be honest, if you even get one down in a, um, uh, in a in an actual league game, an actual live sort of seasonal season game, it will be a miracle. Uh, having seen Christian Wade um, uh, has, uh, he got a couple of downs in some preseason games, uh, I think, and then they decided he didn't know what he was doing. Um, and uh, same for that that um, uh, that so the, the controversial guy who's been in, been in 
Court and stuff, and the, the something train league player from Jared Australia. Hain. There we go. Yep, Jared Hayne. Um, uh, again, he, he made a couple of downs. Did he actually, did he, I don't think he made, I think, again, he only made downs in pre season, right? He never actually made a, a they regular only make season training game. squads, pretty much. Training yep. squads, and uh, when they get to cutting for the actual regular normal season, they normally kick them out. <laughs> Well, they only get to keep them for free, right? On, on because they're an, they're an international development pathway. So they so they get they get one international person who's free who doesn't take up a a squad spot. So they kind of keep them in a training role, but they never actually get to play in a real game, kind of thing. Um, so um, so yeah, so I, I expect to see him back in about three years' time, in time for the next Rugby World Cup, uh, having um, found out he hasn't quite made it. Um, but um, yeah, why not at this point? I mean, look, if if you've uh, you know, you're going to earn about the same salary being on an NFL training squad as you are on rugby union, put bluntly, if not more, right? I think, more. I think um, more. You're going to get paid more. So give it a go. Have some fun while you're still young. I mean, why not? He's not going to get injured, is he? Let's be honest. Is it chance, chance <laughs> injuries be low because he's not going to be playing. Um, and, um, and therefore, I mean, he'll be able to come back to rugby union in three years' time for the next rugby World Cup and uh, actually have, um, and, and be perfectly... Uh, Jared Hayne player eight regular season games. Really, I did. I don't think he played a down though. I you know, there's there's one thing being suited up and standing on the sideline for eight regular season games. Uh, if I, I'm pretty sure he didn't uh, get any downs. If he was suited up for a team for a game though, he would be in one of the teams. Uh, obviously, offensive team. But I imagine he would be in. So surely he would have been in the mix, right? Surely, if he was in, if he actually played eight games, he would have been in the mix for. For some sort of downs, but uh, I mean, I what I don't get right. This kid's from Wales. What is he like? Um, twenty two. I was saying it'd be about twenty five in three years' time or so. Our two year yeah. contract would be twenty five, so he's twenty three. What? What? Why? Why do they have this fascination with the NFL? It's such a sport that is, you know, like in America, all other sports take what they get from the NFL rejects. You know, NFL players get rejected, don't make this cut, don't make the squad. They go back and they play other sports. They, they'll play rugby or or they'll play, typically not rugby because it's not that popular. But, you know, that's when they go back to their fullback sports. Here we've got these guys here that don't even know how to hardly play the game. Thinking they can, they can go over there and learn the game and excel at a level higher than someone who's played it for their whole schooling life. Um, oh, he was a punt returner, wasn't he? Yeah, what a clown. Um, I can understand a kicker. Kicking is somewhere I think the NFL is underutilizing rugby players in, well, in rugby countries. I think kicking is something that really, really NFL could take a lot from, from rugby union players. But, you know, it's, what's what's uh, what's Reece going to be? A, uh, again, another a punt returner or is he going to be or a kick returner? Is he going to be a wide receiver? He, he's, he's, uh, he, he plays for Wales. So he probably is used to catching the ball you know, from over his head because he's normally in front of everyone else because they get smashed backwards. But, you know, it, it's such a different skill set. It's so hard to learn all those skills. You know, we, we complain about the league players coming from league to rugby and not, you know, knowing how to place with a ruck and stuff like that. It's the same thing. I think it's on a bigger scale going to NFL for a rugby. So, you know, you know fair play to him, whatever. Uh, yeah, there you go. He's, he's going to make stacks of cash because what would he be on playing in Wales? You know, 20 grand a season or something like that. Probably stuff all, um, even though he's probably one of their best players. Wales and all no, sorts no, of financial trouble. He's, yeah, but he's, play, he's, he's playing for Gloucester. So he would have been, look, he'll be on like 60K or something. But even so, 
straight away. He's, <laughs> he's still in a, nothing. There's still nothing compared to the 200k he's getting. Um, uh, as because he'll, he'll get in the practice squad. Uh, he'll, and then you've got to think too. He'll get he's there. And it, then, he's uh, worth it for a few column inches. Uh, and as I say, the teams don't have to. The teams don't lose a squad position by having him in there because he's, he's he's part of this international player development thing. So yeah, look, it's um. Chris, uh, Chris Redbaver, because he could be a good, good punt returner, kick returner. Yeah, um, maybe also running back as well. Um, I think rather than wide receivers, there's a there's a lot there's a lot in it about wide receivers that you don't really realise. It's more about running the uh, running the routes is a real hard thing for for, for wide receivers um, rather than anything else. But yeah, okay. To be fair, on Jared Hayne, he didn't he did yes eight games, um, one GS. I think that's game start. I don't know. Um, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, he did actually have what 17, 17 attempts at rushing. Um, six receptions. Um, so yeah, no, look, I mean, and uh, a number of primary terms. He did fumble it three times and lost the ball once. <laughs> no um, in what we're talking about, what we're talking about, seventeen uh, plus another six, twenty-three, and then eight returns. So yeah, in he he averaged yeah about ten percent of the time he fumbled the ball, um, which um, is not great. Let's be honest. Um, but um, hey, he did better than I expected him to have done. Right, he actually made it onto a squad. Sure. Actually made it onto a regular season game, so well done. That's um, I say if Lewis Rizzo makes one regular season game, he'll, he'll have been successful. There we go, because um, then he's making at least seven hundred fifty k a year, um, US. So there we go. Um, so the um, but yeah, I mean, there have been a, a few Australian uh, sort of um, AFL players who have headed over there and um, uh, and made it as punters um, on. But yeah, you're quite right. I think that's that's where where they'll be. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Wales lose one of their rising talents. Uh, unlucky for them. Um, the uh, talking about lions then. Um, I'll talk a couple of ways. So first off, um, the uh, the lions are going to be managed by um, Andy Farrell um, when they head off to Australia. Um, so uh, not a surprise on there. I think he's a good good choice personally. Um, sure, came up slightly short at the Rugby World Cup, um, but um, but not by much. Let's uh, let's be honest. Uh, and have been uh, have been going very well. So um, good luck to um, uh, yeah, good, good good luck to the lot the Lions. Um, the, uh, at the moment he doesn't know who who his uh, opposition um, uh, head coach is going to be because Australia still don't have one. Apparently they're going to try and name it before the Super Rugby starts. So um, oh, get a, better get a shuffle, better get a shuffle on. Um, how they got some like five candidates? Um, Joe Smith's been uh, kind of uh, put out in a um, in one of the New Zealand papers. To me, that feels more like. Who the hell do we know that's free? Let's throw a name out there because, hey, we can write about him rather than mm. him actually being up for that kind of role. Um, I think he wants to be at home in New Zealand um, with his kids and family, to be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, I can't. I Maybe I'm wrong, but um, uh, but I, I can't see him getting it. Your thoughts on anyone? Anyone you think's in line for that? Um, that's probably but, been the biggest name that's been bandied around, right? Uh, uh, Schmidt, but... I mean, how much money are they going to throw at him? Are they going to throw stacks and stacks of cash? You know, Australian rugby, they've they've not got a great track record of of that being too successful. But, I mean, the Wallabies are the sort of team, you know, Australia as a a nation, surely they they should still be able to demand a a, a fairly good coach, international standards. But do they go to those international standards or do they try to go someone that's a bit more local, that's a bit more through the grades, uh, that's gone through the Australian clubs, gone through the Australian whole process, staying in Australia. That's that's the question: whether they're going to do that, or they're going to go throw some cash at someone just like you say, because he's, he's a good name. 
Uh, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, the Lions are going to be tough, right? No matter who they go with. I, I still think within the space of two seasons, or what it will be about two seasons by the time the Lions get here, right? Two Super Rugby seasons they would have played yep. through. So, I mean, I, I, there's enough talent in Australia that they, I think they could easily be prepared for this. I would not write Australia off. The Lions are going to be very, very tough. No question about it. We know that already. But I think Australia's got the talent. They just need the structures in place um, to to play the style that suits them, to play to a style that works for them. And I think they need to get that sorted this year. Uh, the Wallabies need to be playing some good, solid, consistent, structured not only selections, but also style, but everything about it needs to all fall in place this season. They can solidify throughout that next season and then bang, they're in a lot better place than they could be. Or it could keep going the same path and they will be absolutely destroyed. So we'll see how they go. Um, they're, they're, Australian rugby is on a knife edge right now. Let's see if they're going to really turn around and start heading the right direction or... I mean, it's hard to see them getting much worse, but I think this is this is a pivotal pivotal year for Australian rugby. I well, yes, but I, I think we're, that um, the, what you're saying about pivotal year for Australia, I think we're in a pivotal pivotal a pivotal time for rugby globally. Right? Oh, that too. Um, we've got um, we've we've we'll, we'll get on to what's happening in New Zealand rugby and the fact that uh, there's a damning report saying they need to reform and they're trying to reform. Um, they're trying to go through uh, administrative reforms. Uh, sorry, that's uh, in, in Australia. Um, we've had three. Uh, teams in the space of what about 12 months um, go bust in the English Premiership. Um, we've got um, the uh, Welsh clubs having to halve their um, uh, their uh, the player salary caps. Um, so look, I mean, the only place here, there's only two places in the world at the moment where rugby seems to be in a kind of stable place: um, France and Japan. <laughs> um, everywhere else, um, there are massive question marks as to what does the future look like, and there's a uh, glaring lack of um, uh, of, of progressive um, thought lead, thought thought leadership uh, amongst the amongst people leading um, those places. So, uh, look, it's um, uh, yeah. What, what, whilst Australia is perhaps a uh, it's a bit more imminent there than in some other places, um, I think it's pretty much everywhere at the moment um, that. Um, uh, that it's heading in the uh, the right 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 way. Uh, he says, uh, Simon says, yeah, even Aaron Smith says he's impressed with Japan. Most Japanese um, uh, rugby matches have uh, been on uh, TVN Plus, TVNZ Plus, apparently. And they'll be right, being quite good to watch as well. well. They should be considering the names that they're actually getting over there to sprinkle in with local talent at the end of the day. Look, they've got this, when you've got your, when, you, when you've, uh, what, you've got some, over there you've got the uh, the ex-All Blacks captain, uh, Sam Kane, you've got Aaron Smith, you've got Bowden Parrott. Um, yeah, you've, you've there's quality rugby players, plus also from South Africa as well, and also um, the and some also from the UK uh, heading over. So, um, look, there is um, plenty of, uh, of of talent um, up there with that one. Um, Australia, the most competitive sports market in the world? Yeah, I don't know. The, the States is pretty competitive too. Um, <laughs> um, NFL is streaks ahead in the States. Oh, I'd probably just about agree with that. Football and most of Europe and the UK, right? The NFL in America. Oh, look, I mean, no, or here, I say I trying try to break a sport into the American market is very tough. You've already got yes. four or five major leagues, major sports there, trying to find um, extra cash to, to to get anywhere. We see, I mean, major league football has took probably about 30, 40 years to actually eventually get themselves um, really in, in the uh, um, their rugby. Clearly, um, well, they've had a couple of teams go bust as well. So, uh, look, teething pains for for that side of of things. Um, 
So yeah, so apparently yeah, there's yeah one one Japanese very match a week on uh, TVN Plus, TVNZ Plus. Yep. So there we go. I didn't know that. I'll have a look at, um, at that. Um, uh, so yeah, the women's um, uh, Lions British Irish Lions tour. The first test, the first tour is going to be to New Zealand. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, where else are you going to go? Basically, um, your other choices are well, you can go to France because they're the, they're kind of the other best team in the world. Um, New Zealand, South Africa don't even have a team at the Rugby, at the Rugby World Cup, so you can't get to South Africa. Um, the Wallabies um, lose um, have been uh, losing regularly to, the, to to them, so you end up with either a tour of North America, back basically Canada and the USA, or a tour to to New Zealand. So you start off with the safe bet, which is New Zealand, and then you follow it up four years later with a trip to Australia to um, to, to Canada and the USA would be my guess. Um, but um, uh, are you think it's a good idea having women's British Irish Lions? <laughs> Oh jeez! Um, look, the the big thing about this is how do you cover all this in the terms of travel and getting all these teams together and making all this a possible thing in stadiums and making a fuss about it? Like, where 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 do they get all this money from? Is there a lot of money in women's women's rugby coming from the the Lions nations, those UK nations? How is this? All, you know, what what's the hype? You know, the Lions make a massive, massive, massive amount of hype and make a huge amount of money, right? Uh, are they just copying this for the sake of copying it, or what's what's the benefit here? What's the benefit from this over England just doing a tour uh, to New Zealand or, or one of those other nations? Well, first of all, it will get a lot more coverage than England coming. Let's be blunt, right? So you're right. Yeah. The Lions name, the Lions name, will give it more coverage by the fact that it is the Lions. It's the first time they've ever toured, um, so therefore, it will there will be a certain um, a newness to it, which will give it some a certain amount of coverage straight away. Um, the um, the uh, how many people will they actually get? To, will they? I, I can't see them getting fifty thousand people following it like they do the, the men's one. Um, the the game, the women's game, doesn't have as much a following. Um, but I do think they'll get a decent number of of um, of, of supporters uh, following it. Um, to me, a couple of problems. They're talking about being a five a five game t- uh, tour. Um, so three test matches against the um, against the Black Ferns. Plus, basically, two warm-up matches by the sounds of things, uh, probably against Super Rugby Alpaki um, teams. Why not throw in a game against Fiji? Why not throw in a game against, <laughs> who, who, who have gone? I mean, why not involve, uh, invite the Wallaroos to come over and play and, and have a game against them as well? Um, uh, so again, um, let's follow us. Let's let, let's just copy um, a failing structure in men's rugby. Uh, is is my main problem with this? Um, the do the women need? Do the women deserve um, better platforms, more games, more consistent games, better structures? Totally, don't absolutely agree with that. My only problem is, we know the men's rugby is not sustainable in its current format. Um, either either the amount of games they're playing or financially, both of those things it's failing on. Um, both, um, so yeah, copying I think is a good idea. Um, but um, if you're going to do it, it makes sense to bring it to New Zealand. But I would have thrown in a Wallaroos game. I would have thrown in a a Pacific Island game um, as part of that warm-up as well. Uh, make it maybe it, a seven-game a seven, seven game tour. It just seems to me like it could have been done a lot better. As in, like you, know, you kind of say, it's like they've just gone, well, we've got the Lions name, let's try jump on the bandwagon of that, right? It just, it just seems like they need, it wasn't very well thought out, uh, to put it one way. Uh, just They've just gone what the easiest sort of situation is, the easiest way to try and get a team out there and, and to try and make something happen. I feel like they need to be a little bit more proactive in the way that they they 
work with what they've got, if that makes any sense at all. So doing something new is doing something different, doing something that's going to, yeah, she'll do something groundbreaking, do something for the first time, right? But it's, I mean, you, you can make a first time for anything if you change a name or make a name for it or, you know, why, why can't, why can't the Black Ferns go and do something with the Wallaroos? And, and hey, it's the first time ever. They're going to be combined for a team. It's easy to do that. But uh, I just think something needs to be a bit more obvious for, for fans to try and get behind. Something that's going to make people want to watch it. Something that's going to make you know make the fans go and watch games. I think that's the biggest problem with, with rugby in, in this country. And you've got to bring this team here. And I could just see this is going to kind of just fade through just fade through and, and be a thing a big deal that's not really happened you know okay I mean, they're going to do it so they're coming in september um so i guess the the, the uh which is sort of later um then so we're I not going to have so it's not going to um well fine what is but, it called now bunnings bunnings npc yeah that'll, that'll crush it um but look it's not actually clashing with um a men's tour here which is good um the so it might you might be getting the tail end of the rugby championship, so you might get a rugby championship game um, here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what um, what crowds they can get. Uh, look, I think uh, one. Well, let's be honest. What, what does Super Rugby do badly? Um, it puts games in stadiums that are too big for the demand. One of the things they need to do is make sure these to get these games are not in something that's too big for demand, i.e., Eden Park. Mm. Don't try and have three tests at Eden Park because you will not sell them out. Right. Um, the uh, look if you if you look at some the, the the very first rugby world cup. I mean, what kind of crowds did they get then? Um, did they fill every ground? Every um, every every did they fill every game? I don't think they did. But the thing is now, the focus and the attention is, oh, you failed because you didn't make it first time with hundred thousand people. No, let it grow. Let it, let give it time to grow. Um, but at the moment, to me, there's just too much. Um, just trying to make it. Um, um, make things things have to succeed first time or they fail uh, i think is 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 is, is wrong um on on that one um uh um up the um so charlene's asking when in the, when in the schedule do it they're playing it in september um so it shouldn't clash with the with the pack fours um for example it'll be after pack fours uh in the year so um which is the uh the black ferns wallaroos uh usa and canada uh, annual competition um that um, that they have uh, there was a question earlier on, I think, from Simon saying, do I think that um, the Lions are struggling? No, I think the Lions is the one brand in, you know, what is, is British and Irish, uh, Christopher says, would you say the British and Irish Lions is failing? No, I don't think it is. I think it's the one brand that is actually surviving and doing well. That and the Rugby World Cup are the two brands that work um, in rugby. Everything else is, uh, and Six Nations, to be fair, Six Nations works. Um, it destroys the rest of the calendar for everybody else when it's, when it's, when it, the way, way it's positioned. Um it just it, it just annihilates any other rugby and means that any other rugby is is doomed for failure um but um but yeah the six nations uh british and irish lions and um and, and the rugby world cup of, of three things that, that that aren't failing everything else including sevens rugby world cup um is struggling i think um and maybe sevens at the olympics because hey the olympics just carries everything um so it'd be, it's hard for it's hard for anything at the olympics to fail um, but those, to me, are, I think are the, are the ones, the brands that are working. Do you think any others are working? Uh, I, I think, Jesus, Six Nations, I want to wait and see. I want to wait and see what's going to happen this year. Um, typically, yeah, it's good. I mean, the World Cup works well. I mean, but it, you put World Cup next to anything, right? And it, and it, and it goes quite well. Um, 
But yeah, the Lions, I mean, the Lions are so few and far. That's the that's the thing that makes the Lions work, right? Is because it's so long between. It, it's an event. And you get all these things wanting to make, oh, let's do a, you know, the, this global tournament is like a World Cup every year. That's bad. That, that's but that's going to majorly nullify the whole effect of the World Cup and make that not such a big event. So now I think most globally, uh, most tournaments are, are struggling, are, are going downhill a little bit. But the Lions will always, again, because of the time, it's like a World Cup. It's a big deal. Uh, it'll always, I think it'll always be a very, very special event, regardless of the year, regardless of the strength of opposing nations. But what I do ask you, though, is how long will it take? How long will it take before the English start complaining? Oh, it's an Irish coach. It's going to be full of Irishmen. There's going to be no English players in the team. I can see it's going to happen. Mark it on your calendar. It's probably already happening already. Probably the back page of the... I don't know. The Sun is that a newspaper over there? Yeah. Like, oh, Farrell, Farrell in charge of Lions means no Englishman. I can see it now. I can see it now. Um, yeah, probably the Lions still only benefit three three nations. Um, well, only benefit three non non British and Irish nations. Yes, um, it's uh, but some, but even so, uh, yeah. Look, it, it is a brand that's surviving. Uh, is, does it do? Is, does it does it help spread the spread the game? Not necessarily, um, but it's a brand that's surviving. Um, that's for sure. Six Nations then kicks off on the third of um, on the second of Feb. Um, our time Friday, the second of Feb. Um, really, nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday. That's wrong. That's, um, yes, okay, no, that's yes, Friday night game. We live in the future. No, that's about be Saturday morning. They've gone and um, it hasn't ch- hasn't ch- changed the um, whilst it changes the time on the Six Nations website, it doesn't change the date. Doesn't realize that we live ahead of time, so um, so yeah, basically a couple of weekends time. So we'll have uh, something else to talk about soon, which is good. Um, we have squads today, don't we too? Yeah, we do. Um, but um, we're overrunning just a lot, um, <laughs> so it might be next week. We'll do the squads. That's, uh, that's, the, whole, that's the that's the that's the idea, um, because um, something I want to talk about is um, Mark Robinson's six wishes for twenty twenty four. So he's come out and uh, and uh, said said. That uh, there are th- there are six things that, uh, that that he's looking forward to or looking 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 at doing in 2024 and focus areas for um, New Zealand rugby. Um, so he wants to build a more accessible, engaging, and inclusive sport that is safe and underpinned by a strong, sustainable financial model are the key focus areas for New Zealand rugby. There we go. So the first one is improve player safety. Um, we want to continue to focus on player safety in the game, particularly work around doing a concussion research and incredibly proud of the word leading. Uh, to be world leading this space, and we'll consolidate our focus in, on in game, on game innovations in the community game, including reduced tackle height, which has had a su- successful first season um, across community rugby. Um, yeah, that's all good. Um, it's a shame that the uh, secondary school rugby has decided to ignore it, um, and uh, yeah, it's all first fifteen, as it's known in New Zealand. Uh, first fifteen decided to ignore these rules, um, and uh, basically everything that happened in club club rugby um, had a, had a lower, lower head height, um, but. Um, uh, but uh, they decided to um, to ignore it. Now, look, I think that's I guess fast that first the first fifteen is allowed to make up their own rules and not follow the rules set by New Zealand rugby to start off with. <laughs> um, so yes, um, so yeah, look, it, it's I think this, this is a no brainer, isn't it? Just keep that. Um, there was talked about on uh, a Welsh rugby podcast. I was listening to the attacking scrum um, in uh, that I was listening to today about basically look, you're putting in the community game. 
when these guys in, in five or ten years' time, when these guys come through, basically you're going to introduce it to the senior, the professional game because everyone will have, um, everyone will be used to tackling that height, and it will work. And that's the way to do it. So, yes. Jeez, I, I mean, the fact that this is actually stated in the, the six things that he wants to do is kind of really sad, isn't it? I mean. What what what's how many long how long have we been going on about this stuff for? It's you're just like smashing the same old drum, just beating away on the same old boring stuff. He talks about you know innovative, um, you know those those key catchwords, right? It's oh come on, um, we, this this shouldn't even be a factor anymore, should it? Really, this should be something we should have sorted out a long time ago. Uh, how long did they do this big crackdown on on tackle heights and and then they change the rules and they change the rules again and then they sort of adjust these rules and they give these leagues those rules and then they trial those rules over there. I mean, that's just it's never ending. Um, I mean, of course, of course, everyone wants to do that. Everyone wants player safety. Everyone wants all that sort of garb. But we also would like a good sport to watch as well, wouldn't we? Um, that would be really, really nice. Um, but hey, it seems like we can't really get both of them. So it seems like we're going to be just smashing around the bush with all these silly changes of rules, all these fake um, uh, challenges to unions and all these little delicacies that we're, we're panding about for, for everyone um, that's really making no difference whatsoever because we're still clotheslining people, we're still dumping people on their head, we're still smashing into each other's faces, uh, and the game is just going down the toilet ineffectively because of the way that these things are officiated. So um, to circle right back round, uh, yeah, no no crap, man, no crap. Yeah, no crap. And, uh, you know, actually talking about that, just consistent um, consistent officiating would be nice. Um, so that the same thing gets the same sanction every 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 time. That would be helpful. Um, wow, how long? How many years have we been saying that? Six. <laughs> so anyway, his number two one, better fan experience. This, this, this one is just oh god, hilarious. I really love this one. Um, the uh, is is just funny. Uh, we will continue to lead a more fun, a more we will continue to lead a more fun, more fan centric approach to the game. How do you mean? You'll continue to lead a more? No, you're either either doing it more or you continue to do the same shit as you were before. Anyway. <laughs> Including the innovations we're driving through DHL Super Rugby Pacific and Sky Super Rugby Alpaki, as well as other domestic competitions. How have did did anyone look at the crowds? Uh, did anyone at New Zealand Rugby look at the crowds for Super Rugby last year? And this is you doing being more fan more fan centric. My God, God help us! Um, in parallel, we're looking in parallel. We're looking forward to the opportunities to engage with other nation unions, World Rugby Six Nations, Sanzar early in the new year before meetings in London in late February and early March. Look, stop worrying about those people and actually worry about the fans. Off the field, we're looking forward to continuing to grow our fan engagement platform, NZR+. Hang on. So your fan engagement is about getting people onto computers, not actually at a rugby game. Dumbass. Um, and um, <laughs> there are many cool ideas emerging in this area for fans to be excited about. No, have them excited in the game. Um, although it took time, <laughs> we have agreed on a Super Rugby Pacific Commission that will also drive a far greater focus on fan experience in the competition. Really? How about just having some frigging idea as to what you want Super Rugby to be? Because apparently we're having teams from South Africa, from 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 Argentina and shit coming back in again. Uh, so who knows what the um, what the, uh, the what, what we're going forward to? And somebody says he's looking forward to AI too. Yes, absolutely. Let, let, let's let, let's let's. New Zealand rugby, you're missing a missing a trick here. You didn't say you're going to have you're going to see how how AI you can use AI to create a fan centric oh. sport. 
sorry, but none of that's fan centric. That's TV centric about making more money. I, do, do I have to? Do I do I really have to? I mean, it's really no. that bad, isn't it? It's really that bad. I mean, I, I liked how you started. I was going to say, I want to break it down a little bit and just say those first five words to continue to lead a more fan-centric approach. It was probably like eight words. Whatever, it doesn't yeah. matter. But I mean, it, it's, it, it contradicts itself straight away, like you said, by continuing but being more. Um, and fan-centric? Well, you're, you've not done it in the first place, so you can't actually continue and how are you going to make it more fan-centric? Because literally someone running out in the middle of the park with their dog and, and make it run in a circle is literally more fan entertainment than you'd get at a halftime show in, in any Super Rugby game anyway. So, I mean, anything is going to be a, a better addition. But it's just, it, there's no real help to this. It's like, oh, yes, we want to make it more uh, fan-centric fun. But How? You've got no idea. You've got no clue. It's like at all. And it's like there's there's no ideas. There's there's no any forward thinking. There's there's no let's try this, let's do that, let's increase this, let's you know, do anything. There's there's just nothing. I can see the season's gonna just go on exactly how the last season went, which is exactly how the one before it went. And then next year they'll be going, Oh, we're going to try and increase our fan experience and make it better. Oh, bullcrap. Absolute garbage. And that New Zealand R plus thing, go home. Just just get out of here. Uh, social media is, I mean, you hate social media to start with because anyone trying to do anything to promote your game, you destroy. So, I mean, greed, it is highest level right here. Absolute highest level of greed that you've got to have everything. Piss off. Just go away. Go away, New Zealand rugby. I, I don't, they're dumb. Absolutely dumb. The game's going to be just as boring. You, I mean, this is it. This is the problem, isn't it? You turn up, you're probably best off if your rugby games turn up five minutes before it starts. You're probably best off going and queuing in the big line for a beer because, yeah, there's nothing else to do at half time. And as soon as it's finished, you know, you probably want to leave a little bit early to get out of the traffic anyway because, let's be honest, unless the game's nice and close, what else is there to stay for? Um, rugby's got a lot to learn, man. It's got so much to learn, and, and these guys are not the ones that are going to leave it. We could yeah. do a whole hour on that. We have done. Actually, you, you go and go and check out my um, Patreon. Uh, you can, we, we talked about how you uh, uh, how, how about the the difference that American teams do for fan experience massively. Um, moving on, then. So performance of uh, performance in, of teams in black or teams in black success. Sorry, uh, Robert. The performance of our sevens teams at the Paris Olympics is a massive focus, an opportunity for New Zealand rugby that we're excited about next year. Really, okay. I'm, I'm, I think we're, we're, I think as far as as far as the nation's concerned. We'll we'll pay attention for about three days and then forget about it. To be honest, until yep. we see someone walking around with a, with a medal. Uh, at the end of the day, we don't. That's we don't. I, I don't think that's going to be. Um, so, alongside an unprecedented amount of games, up to nine test matches for the Blackferns. Thank God. Yes, well done. Get them some. Get the Blackferns some games. Um, so yeah, well done for that one. Um, as they head towards the Women's World Rugby World Cup in twenty twenty five. Uh, the Maori All Blacks are playing a couple of games in Japan, and uh, then uh, sorry in July, uh, yeah, in a couple of games in July in Japan, um, and then because we uh, we don't really like the Maori All Blacks um, because uh, they don't pick the players we want, we'll use an All Blacks fifteen instead um, for an end of year tour around the USA, UK, and Europe. Why isn't that the Maori All Blacks doing that? What what is the point of the All Blacks fifteen? It's not needed, folks. Um, and then we got fourteen Test matches for the All Blacks. Because you know what? After every World Cup year, the best thing to do with your international players is to whip them, whip them, whip them, make them work as hard as possible. 
Um, so, um, so yes, 14 test matches, which, which include um, two away games to South Africa, England, France, and Ireland. Ouch. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's chaos, man. It's chaos. I mean, I agree with you. The sevens, I mean, the folk, like, let's be honest, no one will care about the sevens, like you say, until there is gold medals being handed out at the end when whoever plays Fiji in the grand final, right, in the gold medal match. If we're on that, no one's probably going to watch any of it unless you're a hardcore Sevens fans. And even that is a dwindling amount of people, right? They are they, their whole rebranding thing is has fallen very poorly to trying to be hip and taking half the letters out of the word seven. So you know, it, it just confuses me as to why they're trying to what they're trying to do. They had such a great product that was super popular, and they just took all the life out of it. Uh, and now I'll try and make up for it. But anyway, that's sevens. No one really cares. Um, it's fun to watch. And like I say, we'll watch it for two or three days uh, because it's the Olympics. And like you say, the Olympics are the thing to watch. It's not because of sevens. It's because yep. it's the Olympics. And it's the biggest deal about. Um, and then everyone else. Oh, yeah. Two, why do we have so many All Blacks teams? <laughs> why? I, I read that before and I was just like, why? Okay, let's have an All Blacks 15. Well, let's have a Māori All Blacks side. Let's be honest, pretty much anyone who could be in the All Blacks 15 could pretty much play for the Māori All Blacks anyway. Is it really that much of a bigger deal? Um, I've not seen, you know, Paul Tito can get in the Māori All Blacks. I can probably get in the Māori All Blacks, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> he's as, he's whiter than me and he's got freckles. So uh, and then we can go, why have that team? Get rid of them. Get rid of the All Blacks 15. Poo-hoo. Gone. See you later. Get get with the cultural stuff. Okay, get the Māori All Blacks out there. Nice. Love to see it. And 14 test matches. Good God. Are we taking a team of 60 over the Northern Hemisphere? I hope so. Because we're going to need it. We might as well just take every, every eligible super rugby player on a plane. Let's just we'll paint a Highlanders plane. We'll just whoo, send them over there. Give them some black jerseys. You know, if you've got a super rugby contract, you're an all black contract now. Because you've got to play 150 million minutes of, of rugby in a year. Actually, you know what crazy. Actually, actually, the Northern Tour is only four games, I think. So because it's because you'll you know, you have three games for the July tour, for the incoming tour. Um, mm -hmm. and I've forgotten who's coming uh, this year. Uh, England. So three games against England. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's gonna be the most mind-numbing rugby for I, <laughs> look, I'm in nah, this. I'm in, I was, nah, was, nah. was over the I was over the actual moon that we came so close to making it to the rugby world cup final, but boy oh boy. Three games like that when it's not a Rugby World Cup final on the line? Ouch. Anyway, so three games there. He then got two against Australia, two against South Africa, and two against um, Argentina as part of the three. Rugby Championship. Oh. Right. Um, your extra blend is like a cup game, I guess. Let's get you up to 10. <laughs> um, your game against either USA or Japan because we need the money. And then your three games in your Northern Tour is your 14 games. So, and then that, um, what, 16 rounds of Super Rugby? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> On top of that, yes, crazy. So, um, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, it's, it, I mean, they know what makes money, right? I mean, and that all black brand is is their biggest money maker. So, yep. But the, the, the thing is, though, is you're going to oversaturate your market sooner or mm -hmm. later. Especially the more times you go to America, the more times you go to Japan, you're just going to people being like, oh, I went to that six months ago. Why would I go again? It's not like, whoa, this is the first time in six years the All Blacks have been to wherever uh, in America, you know, first I've been to Seattle, you know, whoa, this is massive. Um, it's like, oh, they're here again. Uh, that's a bit bizarre. So, I mean, yeah, mix it up. Don't don't go to all your, you know, keep keep your Trump cards <laughs> for as Trump. It's like making the Lions a yearly tour. Imagine what that would do. It would absolutely kill it. Uh, that's what the All Blacks are doing with the All Black brand. 
Same that's thing. why yeah we have three yeah we, well, i said we have we've got a three three things that are successful and, and two two of those happen oh no all of them happen every every four years that's why yes. they work right yes. um the uh so yes um so um so yes so okay it's it's a normal year where the all blacks play one game against a tier two nation um because yes we want we want to grow rugby globally um and that's a money grab in either japan or usa they never play anyone else um uh, because there's no money for it at the end of the day remember the only reason i went across to um uh was it fiji or samoa uh fiji or, uh, was because um uh alistair campbell or it was um or uh, no not alistair campbell it's, it's an english um spin doctor uh the tv represent one of the tv guys here in, in new zealand um basically embarrassed the all blacks into going to 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 the pacific islands um uh, about 10 years ago now it's a joke um hey so next well done, Fiji. Congratulations on your gold medal. Uh, excellent work. Good work. Um, and we'll see the John All Blacks. Campbell, thank you. John Campbell. We'll see the All Blacks going through um, a million and five players this year because, hey, did you read that article saying how um, Northern Hemisphere Champions Cup rugby is so much better than Super Rugby because of the names? <laughs> I, I, that, that was an article on Rugby Pass. I, I couldn't help but comment on say, yeah, because developing youth is a great way not developing youth, I said, is a great way to keep your country's game sustainable. What an absolute idiot. Absolute clown. I, I hate I, I hate opinion articles about rugby. Absolutely hate them. But I like doing them. Um, or like doing opinion 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 podcasts anyway. Um, so next up then, community rugby growth. Now, when you when you look at how many people on the board are interested in community rugby um, in, in their titles, uh, it's like it's like a third of one person's role. Whereas one person's role is a professional rugby. Another person's role is the All Blacks. Another person's role is finances. And hey, presto, you know what? That's all about the same crowd of people. <laughs> so basically, on community rugby, what what's, um, uh, what has happened basically is that uh, New Zealand rugby has outsourced the problem to the to the um, provinces and gone, it's your issue. Um, you deal with it and we'll blame you when it goes wrong, is essentially how it works. Um, and the provinces essentially are... Are, are one office that four people sit around one desk um and that's the, the french unions are not big organizations right at the end of the day so anyway let's hear what he has to say we have a number of initiatives we will continue to work on with our provincial union partners mm. um <laughs> like making them not have a vote on on whether i have a job or not um we have just concluded a significant piece of work on assessing what the future of our rugby club environments will look like and we are excited to be investing more time into some of the opportunities highlighted with this so in other words, you've basically spent no time on, on, on grassroots rugby for the past decade. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's why it's in the fuck shit show it is, is now. Um, we also want to build on growth of women and girls playing the game in 2023 um, and have a renewed approach to keep, keep um, more teenage boys in the game. Because neither of those issues, women playing rugby and teenagers dropping out of rugby, have been known issues for the past 20 years, um, or at least t- past 10 years, right? Um, so, again, I'm just going to talk about issues we've known we've had, like concussion, for the, for over a decade. And so we're going to try and do something about it. Well, thank you. We've heard you say you want to try and do something about it for the past decade. And Sweet FA has been done about it. So, really, I don't trust. Anyway, um, first off, I remember talking to one of the um, uh, Farrah Palmer Cup coaches a couple of seasons back now. Um, and he said, yeah, basically, <laughs> we've got nothing beneath this. Um, all our teams are shutting down, or, or, we're, or we're losing. Um, it's 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 built on it's built on sand. Um, so this idea about women, this growth of women and girls playing rugby, it's 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 really not there. Um, or it is it is very, um, uh, or, or it's, it's it's very thin, um, thing thin 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 thing there. Teenage boys, that's all first fifteen and um, high schools. You've just told us you can't change how they play rugby by lowering tackle heights. So how do you think you're going to be able to tell them how to keep their players playing rugby? You're not. You're going to, uh, another, the big failure. Unless you're going to take the game away from high schools and back into rugby clubs, you're not going to change that. Um, and that's one of the big issues New Zealand rugby, rugby in New Zealand, not New Zealand rugby, rugby New Zealand has. Kids come up through their rugby club until they're about 13. Then they leave their rugby club and go play rugby for a high school and have no contact with their rugby club until they leave high school. And at that point, rugby clubs are supposed to somehow, pardon me, magically get those players back to play um, club rugby. And that's why is there a big, and that's why that's one of the reasons there's a big drop off. There isn't that emotional connection. You don't have that connection with your rugby club when you leave high school to get a job. Um, and you've got other shit on your head, on your, on your mind, like having a job, girls, if you're a boy or boys, depending on if you're a boy or girl, or if you like boys or girls. Um, and um, well done. The, um, and, and, and yeah, wait for me to unload on the diversity bit. We're going to get onto later. Um, the um, so um, so look, he's outsourced the problem to the provincial unions. Um, now I've I've seen the survey that's gone around the rugby clubs because hey, um, there was a big push for rugby club members to fill in these these surveys, um, and yeah, again, it's missing the point. Um, the people who are in rugby clubs are not the people that you really need to work with. It's people who are not in rugby clubs. You want to get into the rugby clubs. And you've surveyed the people that already do it and going, yes, I love being at my rugby club. Give me a better bar. Um, rather than, <laughs> I, we're asked, yeah, um, it, it, you've, good luck. Um, um, quite where, where has the money that Silver Lake gave the provinces gone? And where, how's that been spent? Because, mm. um, we don't have, he's talking about now dealing with, I'm pointing at where I've got the, the article, he's talking about now dealing with these issues, that apparently all these provincial unions are going, we need more money. That's the problem with participation. Bollocks. And that wasn't the problem. Or or if, if it was a problem, you didn't know how to spend the money, because I'm not seeing all these wonderful initiatives with all these millions of dollars that are coming from Silver Lake. Um, you know where it's all gone? New bars. It's all gone straight to the new bars. New bars, <laughs> topping up, topping up the whiskies, uh, get, getting the keg sorted. That's where it's all gone. That, that's what it's all about. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, 
this is just like the other one. This is just like the the um the fan centric excitement of, of the games, isn't it? It's exactly the same. It's like and and then it's just like the, the concussion thing. All these three things. Have you done three? I don't even know anymore. I've lost track. They're, they're that much similar. <laughs> they're all so similar in the way that it's like like you said at the start. It's again another problem that we we've known about for ages. We've done nothing about for so long until it's got so bad that we kind of have to do something or say we're doing something because people are starting to actually notice that it's that bad. And we're going to continue to do nothing but say that things are going to get better. Uh, yeah, there's so many options now as well for those age groups, your teenage boys and girls who are typically at that sort of age looking at a number of sports if they are a sport focused person they're looking at basketball they're looking at netball for girls and boys now as well they're, they're looking at league as, as a, a massive option now as well to go and do things with and there's so many other sports that are like volleyball is becoming huge a, a huge sport for kids coming through school so the competition is so much more than it used to be as well so not only have you got those disconnects uh between the process of that uh that ladder of getting up to becoming a professional rugby player, you've also have all that competition of offers from other sports that have a bit more of their crap together, don't you? These guys are saying, hey, look, here's your pathway. Bang, right through here. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. Your rugby, it's just like the club's like, well, we don't even know if we're fielding your team next season, mate. So, um, you know, maybe go play the basketball team instead because we might not even be here and then you have nothing. So, you know, they, they need that security as well. Um, because hey, that is their future they're looking at if they want to go with that sort of thing. So yeah, it, it, the game needs to look at massively its its pathway, its its ladder to the top, and make things more accessible for everyone, and make them believe that it is the right way to go, and not just say things and and blame other people. So um, yeah, one of the comments in our chat here, our provincial union wants to establish a legacy fund, but the club's voted against it because they're short-sighted and has spent the money on new lights, gear, club room renovations, etc. Exactly. Ah. People, people who people who like rugby spending money on stuff they like, rather than people who are rather than trying to attract new people into the game. Now, admittedly, you do the the um, the, the, the change rooms and stuff are not um, available for. Uh, are not uh, um, suitable for women in quite a lot of case, cases. He does make the point now, yeah, most clubs, not all. Absolutely. No, look, there are some very, very good rugby clubs out there. Don't get me wrong. Um, and uh, and they're doing a good job for their members. Um, and one of the good things that... Um, and yeah, But these things go in cycles depending on who's volunteering that year and who's and who's part of it and whose kids are coming up because they're the people driving that rugby. Um, so unfortunately, rugby clubs, um, it is often a cyclic thing because it's all volunteers. None of the rugby clubs or outside of a small, a few small what's big ones in, in, in Auckland and um, so forth, um, are actually uh, set themselves up to have like a professional club manager who makes sure that things keep running well. Um, it's all done by volunteers. So as long as you've got your good volunteers, you're fine. Um, then you get one bad, bad volunteer in or one bad set of volunteers in and you're dead for a few years uh, and it takes a big effort to get it back up and running again. So um, that piece of, of, of things. Um, don't get me wrong, the, the clubs do need to upgrade their facilities, but uh, I think there are other things. I think it would have been money would be better spent on having uh, in making clubs more self-sustaining, so they can actually then use that money to reinvest in the clubs. Um, Simon also makes the point that the LA Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles have been given the task for more flag football imports for New Zealand and Australia. Oh my God, that's scary! Have, have you seen <laughs> it? Have you watched flag football? Uh, it is going to the Olympics, and it, it, well, you just need to watch it. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and that's the that's the thing well but, no, but, but the fact that you get those two you've got two professional organizations with cash to splash um because let's be honest the amount they spend on one player <laughs> is more than we spend in our community game um, pretty much um so yeah on um on on, on that one um so yeah so flag, as you said flag football going to be at the olympics oh wow okay mm -hmm. um not sure yeah families drifting away from clubs your mates don't want to hang out in clubs yeah um and at the end of the day if someone like in the town i'm in um there is there is no bars have music at all um there are no bars that even there are no bars open beyond about 10 o'clock um or even, and that's uh they, they sometimes close a bit earlier than that um so yeah the opportunity is there um to really be a, a community center uh in the evening for for people and also during the day for um for, for younger folks as well you know what they're doing um, they're, they're all at home on nzr plus that, that's the problem ah, that's what it is <laughs> that's where the fans are so happy um okay then now the one that the one that i'm gonna go i'm gonna go off on yeah. if you, if you oh, think i've gone off so far okay more inclusive and accessible making the, the game more diverse and inclusive and accessible is really an area where it continues to build on uh, we'll be into our second year of our women's strategy in 2024 sorry into your second year you went into a rugby world cup year as your first year of your strategy for women for 2023 was it was it 23? yeah 2023 was a world, world, world cup year and you didn't have women's strategy before that year oh my god um but obviously because you didn't know it's coming and you didn't realize that there was a legacy opportunity clearly anyway sarcasm aside we have made some great strides in this area over the last couple of years Look, I've been covering, I was covering the Farrah Palmer Cup for five, six years, uh, for four or five years, and they talked about women's rugby over and over again and how the how participation was on the up. How you could not have had a strategy until last year does my head in. Our Maori Regional Rugby Development Programme continues to go from strength to strength, um, and we have also just launched our Pacific Pacifica strategy, um, which we are looking um, forward to implementing. Um, the um, uh, the uh, the next one. I, on this one again, if you've not realised that Pacifica are a big part of your rugby playing population in New Zealand forever, and you haven't had a strategy about trying to engage that community, what have you been doing? I mean, your head seemed to. Um, Maori Regional Rugby, sure. But you know what? The, the, the headline New Zealand Maori team, we're going to make them play less games than, 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 than before. I Two games a year. Seriously? Uh, there's a you've got a, a really strong brand there um to push forward and you let them play two games a year fuck's sake um the um, we're also building on work with, with that enhances more opportunities in diversity of gender and ethnicity for roles off the field in management and governance as <laughs> as our friend said in the live chat there um uh uh, Mr. Shepherd, uh, this inclusive, ironic, isn't it? That after they got refused funding by New Zealand by Sport New Zealand because they don't have enough females on the board, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they knew that was coming. That wasn't hidden. That was that was they've got. To, they were the only. They were the only sports board in the country to have less funding because they couldn't get enough women on the board. Every single other sports board in the entire country managed to do so, and I think it's seventy-two different sports. And rugby couldn't get their act together. I mean, what a joke! Um, the um, here's some of the things here, which is really agree. Yeah, 43% of the player base is Maori and Pacifica, <laughs> it always has been. Um, the review noted that um, 
uh, 40, uh, 48.2% of volunteer administrators are female, but only 9.3% of rugby coaches and 5.7% of female rugby of referees are females. So you know what? If you'd like to be in the kitchen, please, and make us our club sandwiches, we'd love to have you here. If you'd like to bring Johnny along for junior rugby, we'd love to have you. But as soon as you want to give us an opinion, please shut up. I It's just unreal um, on that one. Um, the um, So, yes. Um, so, I... You didn't need a, um, a crystal ball on all of this one here. Um, the, um, yeah, I mean, rumours of Mana Pacifica going off to Hawaii. Uh, base, I mean, already they're not playing all their games in one in one place. They're roving around. They need a home uh, and they need to choose where it's going to be. Um, having a team, I think they're playing in four or five different stadiums. They only have eight home games. I mean, seriously, how are you supposed to build a fan base if you don't play more than three games in a place where they can see you? It's just nuts. But anyway, that's not about diversity. Um, before I go on my second round about diversity, do you want to have a quick, uh, any, any points there? Because I've got, I've got another piece to rant about on this. You're, you're, you're all over the tape. Oh, I, I do agree that the last point you said massively, like that stat is, is glaringly bad, isn't it? That nearly half of the volunteers are female and yet less than 10% of coaches and, and less than 6% of referees. So that means, you know, out of that 50%, you've got 15% roughly that actually have a role that's not what you say, like, like you say, just like helping out little bits here or there or, or taking little Jimmy here and, and making stuff for the weekend. That's bad. That's so bad. That's so very bad. But it does scream as well of the fact that they don't identify what their their player base or their volunteer base or just their base of people interested in the game. They have no idea what they are. It's like New Zealand rugby has been so head in the sand about like we've known this for years about all blacks, all blacks, all blacks, all blacks, all blacks, all blacks, all blacks here, all blacks here, all blacks this, all blacks this, and everything else is like you said, it's in sand, it's sinking away, it's falling away, it's crumbling, and this is their answer, just this sort of garbage. I mean, all of this, this all of these things are just, just words because there's no meaning behind it, and and we'll look at this in, in a year's time, and we'll be in exactly the same place, if not worse. But yeah, I don't have anywhere near a rant of yours. Well, then the next, the next one is, is, is about the transgender side of things as well. I, and oh, um, so, um, and, and not, so, so the next one is, is going to be basically because New Zealand rugby has, uh, from, from memory, uh, I think it was less than five uh, transgender players um, <laughs> in, uh, uh, from, from or transgender women players. Um, but apparently now, um, uh, the, obviously, the government's pushing forward a, a policy that, uh, that um, they, they, they're not allowed to play. Um, mm. transgender, transgender fields are not allowed to play. Uh, competitive sports because uh, of the um, the fairness and the safety that's about this. Now, community sport is about doing it with your friends. It's not about uh, professional sport. Don't get me wrong. Well, that's about being fairness and about and about being competitive and winning. Um, community sport is about taking part um, and community, right? right? Um, so this fairness business, whatever. Then I remember being at Farrah Palmer Cup game up in Auckland, and I tried to do an interview with two players uh, from the Auckland team because the prop was literally twice the weight of the winger in that team. Now, if we're talking about um, about safety, having players who are literally twice the weight as another player 
on the same pitch and be able to tackle each other. Well, actually, they're on the same team, so she shouldn't tackle her own player. But you get what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. and, and But apparently, trans, the, the I say, the less than five transgender athletes are the safety issue for rugby. Fuck off. Sorry. Um, the what's What women are worried about in rugby, and this is from an opinion article, this is not from me, written by women, um, is, let's see, the Blenheim gymnastics coach um, who uh, uh, was um, done for how many years of um, uh, 29 charges involving uh, several girls under the age of 12 um, and, uh, uh, and being sexually inappropriate with uh, sexual uh, indecent acts. Sorry, that's what women are worried about, not about a trans player um, on the pitch. Um, so seriously, if we're going to be talking about diversity, um, let's talk about these sort of issues for women making it a safe place for them, um, a welcoming place for them, um, not argue about some what is really a, a fringe issue in the fact that we have a handful of transgender players, maybe. Um, so, the and, and obviously within using rugby, we've had the, the, men, the, the total overhaul of the Black Ferns where we have the, um, uh, the damning report into there. Um, we've had the... Um, the female cyclist who unfortunately uh, committed suicide as well. So look, the mental health and the safety thing of of, of the um, of of people um, is is much more an issue um, for women um, than it is about trans players. At the end of the day, so let's make it a safe place for them, please. That's my rant over on our diversity and inclusion. No, I couldn't agree. You, you, you pretty much smoked that. Yeah, you want you want a safe place. You want a place to have fun. Uh, a place to hang out. That, that, like you say, you talked about that before with the whole club thing and and the what what they call it, um, the community uh, community growth, and yep. that, that that's what that's all about, right? It's about participation. It's about hanging out with friends and mates and and playing a bit of sport. It's about fitness. It's about getting out and doing things, not being on NZL Plus all day, and you know just getting out there and and doing stuff, right? So. They've kind of contradicted themselves by making the community growth side of things, but then saying these other sort of things about the dangers and that, which aren't the real dangers of what the whole thing is about. You want to be able to go there and know that you're going to have a good time. Things aren't going to go wrong. You're going to get home or okay. You're not going to get chased down the street by some creepy guy or, or whatever, you know, after the game, because I've been standing there, you know, on the sidelines, hollering, you know, sort of stuff like that. That's, that's the, that's the bad sort of thing about it, right? So that's the that's the safety side of things they need to look after. But yeah, you, you've pretty much smoked everything I'd probably add to that um, on side of things. But it just, I, I just, I just find it funny how there's two different categories kind of contradicting each other <laughs> and what they're going to fix. How are you going to do it? To be fair, folks, that the trans piece is, is about what the government's doing, not what uh, News Rugby's doing, but what News Rugby will be forced to do if they want to get funding. Even though we have noticed they didn't bother getting any females on the board to get funding, so maybe they won't bother doing this either. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but that, that falls um, under the exclusive and accessibility to me. Yeah, but that's it's the same sort of thing. So community growth and accessibility and exclusiveness, they should go hand in hand. But the way they look at it, it's they're not looking at the right parts. They're looking at it from the wrong aspect for those categories. So they they kind of opposing what one thing is saying with the other by looking at it from completely the wrong angle. Yeah. And it's I mean, the, the, the top of the piece by Mark Reason <laughs> says, um, yeah, the, the, um, the recently damning governance review said the game is, this country was underpinned by a 
Financially unsustainable, unsustainable old boys network. <laughs> old boys network, so true. Um, it raised flags around diversity, fan satisfaction, grassroots rugby, egotistical schools, and many, many of the other issues. Yeah, <laughs> called the constitution, constitution and governance structure of news and rugby unfit for purpose. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, no, but it does. It does. It, it, it screams of people in 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 um, in blazers telling people who who are not them, different people who are different to them, how they should be included mm -hmm. <laughs> and stuff. Um, and then finally, I just love this last one. This one is just absolutely hilarious. Better global engagement. Um, it would be fantastic if World Rugby initiated a program that consulted with the best rugby brains in the world, from coaches, players, and performance staff, to match officials, to media, to fans, in order to give the fans the sport, the sort of sport that they would like to see more consistently. It would further develop our sport as an entertainment spectacle that has a greater chance of globalizing the game, making a more material impact, blah, 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 um, would allow imminent calendar comp comp competition changes to drive blah, blah, blah. Right. World Rugby already has all its committees and all its working groups that are supposed to be the best brains on rugby. And you know what? They ask you unions, i.e. New Zealand Rugby, and also the RFU and all the others, to put people put people forward for these committees for these working groups this is what you this is part of your job you you're supposed to be putting the best brains in there have you been putting shit ones in there in the past is that what's happened i mean sorry but you vote you literally vote on the council to say whether things happen or don't happen and you, this is just the world rugby is supposed does this it's what World Rugby does. If you, as the council members, put the wrong people forward, that's your fault. That's not World Rugby's fault. I mean, what the hell? Seriously? I mean, just because they haven't got the right ones that you want, they're your views, doesn't mean they haven't got good people who, are, who know rugby. I mean, that one just flabbergasted me, this last bit. Um, they're talking to the wrong people because they're not my people. I mean, how fucking blazerish is that? You're, oh, yeah. you're, on, you're on fire. You're on fire. Hey, what, what I like about this one, down, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I like about this one. It, this is a shot. This is a shot at World Rugby, right? This, this has got nothing to do with what he talks about. He's just popping a shot off. Uh, and I find that very, very intriguing because they'll know and they'll be seeing this sort of crap. And, um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of stuff flows between NZR and obviously World Rugby, right? And, you know, they think they're like this. Uh, and I think this is maybe the start of mm, an interesting relationship, maybe development between the two of them. Uh, but this is, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. The shot at world rugby, the rest of it is just garb, blubble, blubble, blubble. Um, <laughs> but further develop our sport as an entertainment spectacle. That's a shot at the rule changes and the law changes and a greater chance of globalizing the game. Another shot at world rugby. Uh, making more material impact emerging markets such as US of Asia. I mean, that's a shot at World Rugby and that's a shot at himself uh, effectively in the way that they limit what people that aren't part of World Rugby slash unions are able to do. I mean, we all do stuff that would go into emerging nations, right? I mean, all these people that do highlights or do like shows like this or any sort of stuff that, that gets so limited – what do exactly that, you idiot? And they do it for free. You know, it's at no cost to you to grow your game into emerging markets. I mean, shots, shots, shots. 
Uh, he's just took a, a you know a five punch jab at, at poor old Bill Beaumont, who's just sipping on his wine and crunching his crackers until he can, you know, at the end of the year when he gets booted out there, please, by someone who's got half a brain. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's just crazy. I look, Bill Beaumont has tried to get things through in the past, like he said, Look, you should give the World Rugby World Cup to, to South Africa. And what happened? They all voted against him. That was his recommendation, his or his team's recommendation. He said, We want to have this global this this global national tennis tournament. They all went, No, fuck off. Um, so he keeps <laughs> suggesting stuff and he keeps getting it voted out by the people by the union. So I um was is is the nation's cup a good idea? I don't think so, really, um, to be honest with you. Um, but um but um, um the uh um uh, now, Bernard Laporte is apparently not likely to be the next World Rugby President, Sam Simon. Apparently, um, John Jeffrey is favourite to take over. Uh, Bernard Laporte um, being, um, <laughs> well, well, being basically indicted by the French government for, for uh, uh, well, or the, or the French police for, um, um, and, and getting kicked off. Uh, what was Bernard Laporte, wasn't it? Um, getting kicked off the uh, the French rugby board for, uh, for basically bribery at the end of the day, um, interfering with um, judicial processes within the French rugby union. Um I don't yes, I don't think he's going to get the get the role. Um but um yeah look Bill Bowman has tried things and everything he's tried has basically been shot down by the unions. Uh were the things he tried the right things? Not necessarily. Um but at least he had a go. Um which I'm which whereas the previous cross crowd didn't even have a go. Um so um yeah look he's he's gonna have left having done nothing but that's because they won't let him and will John Jeffrey do anything different? I'll be able to achieve anything else. I doubt it. Um, the only way it's going to achieve anything is if somebody basically comes in and buys it all um, and tries to run it like Formula One or something like that. I just don't see how um, the difference between rugby and football is that football is just so mega popular. You can do anything you feel like and you're going to make money. Um, and no sport in the world should try and copy football's model. It just won't work. You don't have enough people who are interested in you. Right. Also, football, you can play three games a week, right? You can't keep doing it forever, but you can throw in an international game midweek and then play club games at the weekends. You can't do that with rugby. Um, the, um, and uh, until we get a, a, a calendar that's the, the functional calendar, domestic rugby is not going to work. We, remember when we used to have um, June international tours? Uh, that split Super Rugby up, uh, finish, would finish at the end of May, take a four-week break, then come back in July for about two or three rounds and then have the finals. Um, anyone who wasn't in the finals just basically ignored the rest of the rugby. Let's be honest. Um, what happens in European rugby? Well, they all take November off for internationals and they try to come back again. Then they all take the, uh, they, they all take sort of six or seven weeks off for the rugby, for the Six Nations and expect it to come back again. Um, <laughs> yeah, nah. Um, until you get a calendar where Essentially, you have six months of the year is, is domestic rugby and six months of the year is international rugby, which is what we've had down here in New Zealand and Australia, for example, essentially. January to January to the end of June is, um, is super rugby. And then July to then November or five months is international rugby, right? The non-international players go away and play NPC. But at the end of the day, no one watches NPC anyway. Everyone, uh, if you, you, you watch either super rugby or international rugby, right? Yeah, I love I love NPC, uh, but even I gave up on it last year because, uh, well, uh, just uh, I just didn't have time. Um, the um, because they're basically, the problem is the European teams want more games. Um, no, the problem is is that the European teams need a block of time together. If they want to have 
Well, if you basically say, look, you can have all your all your, your international players from, from January till the end of June. Now, if you want to start in October, you can do, but you're starting without international players. If you want to start in September, you can do, but you don't get your international players till the 1st of Jan. Um, give them that four weeks off in December and off you go. Um, the um, So yeah, some of you said I'm probably the last person watching NPC. You and Steve. Um, the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um the um and and that's how you want it to that and that's 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 how if you if you have that separate blocks it'll work um but having this mismatch where you're jumping from one tournament to another tournament and back again uh, i mean the idea of super rugby copying european champions cup with japan oh my god when are you going to put that in and you're just going to confuse people even more as to what's uh, i've got mpc i've got super rugby i've got Super Trans-Pacific Rugby. Oh, I don't like that trans word anyway. Sorry, Super Pan-Pacific Rugby. Um, I, sorry. Um, so, yeah. Hey, can we get a, a chairman of World Rugby who doesn't look like he's about to die? <laughs> Please, can we get someone under the age of 80? It would be really good. Oh, dear. What's John Jeffrey oh, it's a bit of a it's a bad look when you know they they come up to do these tournaments you know the World Cup when they do this speech and get booed and they can hardly make it on the stage. I mean, let's be honest, it's not a great look. He doesn't look good. He looks like he's a bit of a. I mean, what? How old is he? Uh, he's sixty four, so he looks a lot older than he yeah. actually is. Jeez, he looks like he's at least eighty. Uh, but I mean, we we're still stuck in the past, right? Same as the US president. Yes, exactly. It's like we want someone who can walk off an airplane, right, and get to the stadium. That would be really, really nice. I mean, still stuck. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing as world rugby. It's, I mean, New Zealand rugby. That's the old boys club. It's just old guys, the same old guys, well, old guys even older than, than it is. Um, exactly. It's getting worse. As Leon Shepard says, yeah, same as US presidents. Um, yeah, yeah, by the time you make it, you're so old, you, you're too old to make it. <laughs> Just give up now. Give up while you're uh, And yeah, this idea that, um, that, yeah, Japan, you know what? Give us your top four teams. They'll play our bottom four teams in some sort of playoff. Sorry, why should we play your bottom four teams, our best top four teams? Go away. Yeah, New Zealand, head up their ass, really. I'm... Yeah, I mean, we saw that with them getting Super Rugby together with kind of like, you know, I will do it, or we'll tell Australia what they're going to, what, what they can have. <laughs> yeah, well done. That works well. That's how you make a. That's how you get a get, get collaboration in a in a joint in a joint competition. Um, yeah. Uh, um, anyway, we've run out of time to go through the teams, so we'll go through the uh, we'll go through the Australian uh, Super Rugby teams next week in uh, in uh, in our Super Rugby pre uh, squad previews part four. <laughs> <laughs> This should have been a, a six stupid things of New Zealand rugby episode. That's what it should have been called. Okay, I'll rename it for the for the podcast. Yes, you're quite right. Jeez. Dumb, <laughs> dumb. We're, we're doomed, man. The sport is really going for a, a tough spell here. Not it, only it, like the the future, like as a fan, but but for the, for a player, for a, a a volunteer, like you know the stuff you do for anyone who's involved in the sport throughout you know, general people's sort of status, it's in a bad place, man. It's really bad. Yeah. And so, look, he said, I wouldn't mind a cross-border competition with Japan. Look, I, 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 um, if, if done properly, I think it could it, it could work. Uh, you have a Japanese conference, a New Zealand conference, an Australia conference, and you come through some sort of final series. Yeah, that could work. And having this part of Super Rugby. And having 
a token team from Japan as part of Super Rugby? No. <laughs> Just like Australia has five teams. Give Japan five teams and um, um, in, in the same kind of way. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, have another, and, and do it by conferences. Unfortunately, Super Rugby managed to taint and destroy the, the idea of conferences from the start with their mismanaging of it in the first place with, with South Africa, which was a disaster. Um, and so hence, conferences now, as far as New Zealand and Australians are concerned, are just bad, full stop. They're not bad. Um, it's just about how you structure it. Um, and that first one was structured. Misunderstood. So badly. Yes, exactly. Misunderstood. Just like teenagers um, and the youth of today. <laughs> the future. <laughs> they could be world um, rugby chairman in 80 years as well. So, Chris Robert says, I think if you're in France, Japan, Ireland, and some other URC country, you think the sport is doing great. Right. No. If you're in France, yes. If you're in Japan, sure. It's, it's doing better than it ever has done. In Ireland, no, 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 no. Um, Ireland, um, yes, Ireland are doing okay. But they also know that across the border in Wales, the people they're playing are a disaster. That They know they don't really want to be playing Italy and Scotland as well. Look, they, they know that their competition, the URC, doesn't bring any cash. Um so no, they know that they, they know they've got issues um, going on there. Absolutely, um, especially as um, uh, um, oh yes, <laughs> yeah, the real champions um, are less the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the champions tournament game between um, uh, between the, the Crusaders and Munster um, should be interesting. With Munster sat in tenth in the URC Championship table, are they down yeah. to tenth now? Wow, jeez. <laughs> I mean, they've had their international players from maybe oh, oh, four rounds, three, four rounds maybe. Like taking out the Champions Cup games, you know, for actual URC mm. games. They, they they didn't come back for ages after the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, they struggled, man. They've really struggled. But, boy, 10th is bad. <laughs> and they ain't going to have them for that game either. So it's not going to be a – yeah, it's not going to be a spectacle, that's for sure. Uh, Christopher Bay says it seems like an issue for this Anglosphere. Um, yeah, but that's basically because that's much rugby is an Anglo is an Anglo Anglosphere game. Um, it's not the yeah France, Italy, Japan, South Africans might argue they're not they don't speak English either. Um, the um, they speak Afrikaans, um, but um, the, yeah, it is. I believe if I mean rugby is in South Africa, look, is is better than it, than other is, is is surviving better than other places, but it's not where where they'd like it to be either. Um, the um they're enjoying being part of the urc and european champions cup and stuff at the moment i'm not sure how long that's going to last and whether the urc really has a future with that much travel unfortunately um the potential of them merging premiership urc um the way the premiership's going there is potential definitely of change um in fact, <laughs> because i keep going bust um mm. the welsh want to see an anglo-welsh league um and i could see actually an Anglo-Irish league, maybe that, um, and then kicking kicking Italy and uh, and South Africa out of the URC in, mm. in that kind of sense, um, because then the travel is still low enough. Um, yeah. But actually, do you gain enough from Irish TV rights? Because you gain bugger all in Scottish and Welsh TV rights. Let's be honest, mm. um, that doesn't bring much more money in. Um, so, um, so we'll see um how how we go basically australia new zealand will follow the nrl afl model st structural sport yeah that seems like that's i mean super rugby basically seems to be copying um nrl at the moment in the way that it's set up so yes 
Um, I find it bizarre. Why is, why is the Bristol game getting such a, a no rap? All concentration is, is on Crusaders and Munster. There's, there's like nothing on Bristol and Crusaders, which is a week after. Well, I find I find bizarre. I, I guess, sure, you got champion on champion, right? But yep. still, I mean, it's still a Northern Hemisphere tour match. And Bristol, I mean, it should be fun because they can't tackle to save their lives. So um, <laughs> it could, could be a good run out for the Crusaders to get used to Super Rugby, which typically is about the same. <laughs> The um yeah well yes we'll we'll uh the um because look the uh, again your monsters you what your crusaders people are thinking you know what what we really need is an international world club championship <laughs> because I mean yeah that's that's the pinnacle of the sport in football isn't it yes I mean do I mean do do, 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 do even people who follow football even bother with that tournament I mean. If you win the European Champions Cup, that's um, um, that's the um, that that's the pinnacle. It's not who, it's not playing Corinthians and Inter Milan, right? It's that that's not that's I'd say that that's a fun jaunt of a tournament, um, or it used to be. Uh, I must I don't follow it now, but um, but yeah, no, international club co- yeah no club competitions are supposed to be um, are supposed to be local. That's the whole point, um, and that's how they go well. No one cares about. You're talking about the the Champions League of football as opposed to the Club World Cup because yeah, Champions League is is like the pinnacle, right? Yeah, that, the club world, these clubs. Yes, the Club World Cup is not is no. not the pinnacle. <laughs> no, um, no. So the idea that that the that, that some rugby Club World Cup would be the pinnacle, no. I think it's a bit different though because Europe doesn't have the best clubs in the world. Football, you could easily argue that the best clubs Ouch. in the world, easily the best fifty clubs in the world, are from Europe. Could you say, would would you say that Super Rugby teams would not be in the top ten global world clubs? Uh, I'd say the Crusaders easily in the top three or two even. Um, You'd probably put whatever you know. I'd say easy. You'd fit half of them. um, No, the Highlanders would not be in the top ten teams in the country in the in in the world. No, um, that's, sorry, that's the um, worst team in New Zealand. I'm saying yeah, you yeah, no, get a couple, couple yeah. from New Zealand. You might get one Australian. Um, hey, also the Black Rams and from Georgia. You know, you could. I mean, it's still Europe, but right, you know, outside of the square. So I, I, I don't think I still think an Australian team, Brumbies, are probably a top ten club. Um, I, 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 I don't. I mean, I think the Crusaders will be a top five club, um, but um, I can't see. Any other clubs competing with your La Rochelles, your Toulouse, your Leinsters? Sorry, those 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 teams are stacked. Um, the uh, and and they get to play a harder harder level of competition. So I, that's uh, yeah, no, I, I go the, the Black um, Rams. The, <laughs> the Black Rams of Georgia, Black no. Black Lions of Georgia would not. They might have beaten Scarlets recently. Scarlets are hardly. Scarlets are in thirteenth in the URC. Right, the Scarlets are not a good team. Right. I'm at it. Yeah. A win, a win is a win. A win is a win. So, I, I would like to see that now. I would like to see a full on, full on club league. And you know what the big difference would be? Would you really think that La Rochelle would come to Canberra and beat the Brumbies if they send their first choice team? Yes, that's whether, whether they bother sending their first choice first choice team. They don't like going to South Africa. How the hell are they going to like going all the way to Australia? <laughs> all those teams hate travel. They hate travel. I think, yeah, if any team went over there, yeah, massively. Uh, but, boy, coming over here, 
I think it would be a lot, lot different. It's, it's you're going back to the whole look, look at the South African teams beat everyone, right? Until they travel back in the day. Look, the um, yeah, some years ago, we just yes, all domestic it. competitions have one big world, world domestic competition with a, a ridiculous travel schedule. <laughs> just have elimination, have your own league, elimination, oh, top God. one or two representatives go to a, a, a single spot. Somewhere like Japan, Hong Kong. There you go, Hong Kong. We all go to Hong Kong uh, and play a straight knockout of the top eight teams. Top eight Super Rugby. Uh, you got a, a, a top league in Japan. You got a Premiership of USC, a top fourteen. Uh, you got an MLR team. Come on, we've got to get more leagues. Two more leagues. Three more leagues. Come on, there you go. Bang! Elimination. Poof! There you go. You got the best team in the world. You put an MLR team in there. Hong My Kong. God. Hong Kong. It's on. It's on. As as um, as Christopher Bay says, rugby needs more comp more more complication <laughs> and more travel. Ha absolutely. And as uh, yes. Leon says, yes, it's Love Island. Yeah, this is. A yes. Just think, just think of the global support they would have. Just think. <laughs> oh God, I just realised we're twenty minutes over as we as we've gone off on this this this, this, this minor tangent. Um, so it's good that I've not had to share my screen and the thing I had prepped all day. <laughs> European Super Rugby URC Premiership Top League League Top 14 Competition Cup. That's what it's going to be called. Yes. Simplify it. Catchy. Catchy. Okay. All right, folks. <laughs> we'll see you all on Monday evening um, when we'll have a uh, – well, we will. Probably. Uh, I promise. Probably. We'll promise that we'll go to the Australian <laughs> Super Rugby squads. Thank you, Steve. Who are the best top team teams in Europe. <laughs> Who are within the yeah, – yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> go to the Western Force. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 